that wasn't communicating. <laughs> Oops. All right, well, it is awesome to be here again on this Sunday. It's a beautiful day outside. We are so thankful to be able to come here and uh, have our Q&A this morning and get to know a little bit more about the guy who might be our pastor. Please continue to be in prayer about that. Um, we're still seeking God's will. That's all we want. And so uh, we're going to pray here and uh, ask for his will. Father in heaven, we thank you for who you are and all that you've done for us. Lord, I pray that we will not let a day go by. We don't thank you for all that you have done, for every breath that we draw, for every everything that we see. Lord, you are so good to us, and we thank you for it. Lord, we pray that you will give us wisdom and, uh, and guide and direct our decisions this next week as we uh, vote to bring on a senior pastor. Lord, I pray that you will be with Daniel and his family. You will give them uh, wisdom. You will uh, just bring your will to this church, and uh, if it is so that Daniel will be here, that you will grow our church immensely through his leadership. Lord, we thank you for who you are, and we pray this in your son Jesus' name, amen. They took my announcement. I had this. I was told to announce, this is what the absentee ballot looks like, and go to Don or uh, Chuck if you need one, and... Uh, so yeah, that's our, we don't have many announcements today just because we wanted to put out in our bulletin all the information about Daniel so you guys know everything you need to know about him before you vote because it is a big deal to bring on a, a senior pastor. So that was your bulletin today is all the information about him and uh, enjoy. Yeah. Oh yes. Is a, yeah, you know more. I, uh, just a couple things. Uh, we have been trying to over-communicate this week on on Daniel, so you've probably got emails, you've got phone calls. Uh, uh, if you didn't answer it, you'll probably get phone get a call again. Uh, Try to over-communicate uh, that, uh, that the public committee uh, has recommended unanimously uh, to call Daniel as a candidate. He will be here next uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, there will be uh, an open house at, uh, at the Levines. Ethan, what time? Following the wedding. So, six-ish. Six-ish in the morning. So be there at six in the morning. P.M.? Oh, sorry. P.M. Don't be there at six in the morning. Ethan might be sleeping. Uh, so that'll be on uh, Saturday. Um, Friday is at, so it looks like we'll be meeting all the deacons who will be meeting their wives with him and Molly and the children. And then on Sunday morning at uh, Adult Bible Fellowship time, he will be here again to answer questions. Uh, and then he'll be preaching on Sunday and then mingling with, with everybody to answer your questions. If you have any questions between now and uh, when he comes down on Saturday, uh, feel free to give me a call on my cell phone or call the church and Julie. Uh, Julie will uh, send a message over to him. Uh, he has given us his uh, cell phone number, so if you want to talk to him personally, uh, Daniel said he'd love to do that. He still has business going, so he might not pick it up right away, but he always, always calls back. So he'll call back right away if you want to talk to him specifically. Uh, any other questions? Uh, Jay and Wes, I think, have another handle, or you give me a call. Thanks. Let's stand together continue to sing our praise to God. Uh, we, uh, Before we go to our next song, we, we do have one final announcement uh, for our students. In the sheet that we send for summer activities, 
Uh, we had on schedule for this uh, this Wednesday a uh, soup we're serving in a soup kitchen that has been canceled. So we will be meeting here for a youth group on Wednesday, students six thirty. So let's uh, let's sing together of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ that one day we will cross uh, the, the Jordan River of this life and uh, we will be with our Father forever. seated. Good morning. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, hmm, just what a privilege it is to be among brothers and sisters in Christ again, among family. Lord, uh, we love this opportunity to just come to worship you, to praise you, to glorify your name. Lord, as we look into your word today, I just pray, as we continue along, really, in this series of how to be a healthy church member, Lord, that um, that would be our desire, that we would be a healthy church member uh, on every aspect of this journey, this adventure that you have put us on to glorify your name. Lord, I just pray here this morning that it is a sweet time of fellowship as we look into your word, that your word touches us, it impacts our lives, and we walk out of here changed this morning. And Father, uh, just pray that the words I would use here this morning would be the words that you desire this congregation to hear. And Father, if there's anything that I say that you don't want them to hear, just, Lord, let it find their home. We love you. We thank you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, now, a few of you, I think most of you know me, but a few of you, I, I may be a new face. Uh, I am Brian McPhail Fawzi, and we are the McPhail Fawzi family. We're your missionaries to Cameroon, country in West Africa country of West Africa. Now, how many of you know where Cameroon is? You can find it on the map. Good, most of you. All right, you want to have some fun? All right, let's have a little fun. For those who don't know, we're going to show you where Cameroon is. Come on up here, Heather. Yeah, here we go. Cameroon, it's on the west coast of Africa. And so if I draw Africa from your perspective, right, you've got a big hump on the west coast. It comes around, comes around, comes around, comes around, and it ducks down, it tucks down, head towards South Africa. You know, right there is where Cameroon is, right where it tucks down. You know what they call that? It's called the armpit, exactly. It's the armpit of Africa. And the, and the country of Cameroon, it's shaped like a chicken. I have to thank Ethan Levine for pointing that out to me a few years ago. It's shaped like a chicken. And so we do this little thing to help remember where it is, right? We get our chicken wings up. We start flapping them. We point to our armpits. Okay. Now, how many of you remember that song a few years ago, YMCA? Yeah, I know. Yeah, some of you are all heathen like I am, right? You, you guys roller skated for that, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, it had hand motions with it, right? Y, the letter M, the C, and that's what we use, C for Cameroon. You go to your left. Okay. So now this is crowd participation. So if you're willing and able to stand up, stand up. <laughs> okay. Now, what it's going to look like is something like this. We'll do it three times just for fun, okay? It's going to look like chicken, armpit, Cameroon, okay? Everybody ready? Ready for that? All right, here we go. Chicken, armpit, Cameroon. Chicken, armpit, Cameroon. One more time. Chicken, armpit, Cameroon. Well, just sit down. <laughs> now, I think there's something about the home, the home church crowd. 
You know, I think that was one of the best and most active participations we've ever had in that. So now you know where Cameron is. And so if somebody says, hey, do you know where Cameron is? You know exactly what to show them, don't you? <laughs> well, um, friends, we're coming up on the end of our journey here, at least as part of the deputation journey. It's been 34 months. Nine different states, one Canadian province. 70,000 miles of driving. Lived in multiple locations. Visited 139 different churches on this journey. And now it's time for the next phase. Uh, Thursday night, Thursday evening, we head off uh, to France. To Bordeaux, France for language school. Studying at the University of Bordeaux for the next 10 months. Uh, and then Lord willing, as soon as that experience is over... We got on an airplane and we fly to Cameroon. Again, Lord willing, uh, the next time you see us as a family together will probably be summer of 2019. But thank you. You have been faithful to us, faithful in your prayers, faithful in your support, faithful in your encouragement to us every step of the way. It's a blessing to us, and we greatly, greatly appreciate that. Thank you. This morning... We're going to look at a, a series of different passages, but how many of you, like me, like the Chronicles of Narnia? Yeah, I love the Chronicles of Narnia. This is, this is our set. This is our set we've had for a number of years, and you can see from the binding on this particular book, it, it's pretty worn out. In fact, most of these are, are pretty well frayed apart, and uh, you know, I venture if I opened them up too much more, the pages would start falling out. We love the Chronicles of Narnia. And if you're around me long enough, you know that at some point, I'm either going to quote them or I'm going to make an allusion to them somehow. Even as an adult, even as an adult, there's something in these stories that appeals to us, that draws us in. There's adventure, right? We are led through the ages, the ages of this imaginary land from its very beginnings until its utter end. We intersect the lives of many characters along the way. We see their highs, their lows, their successes, and their failures as they go forward. And behind all of this adventure, and through the ages of this fictional land, the character of Aslan, the son of the great emperor across the sea. He's shaping, he's guiding, he's leading, these te- the, and teaching these, these characters. We drop into the characters at, at various points in their history. You know, the, the characters themselves, they don't know where their adventures will lead. They don't know if they're going to live or if they're going to die. They don't know if they're going to succeed. They don't know if they're going to fail. They don't always know what it was that led to their adventure. And they don't know what will become their part in the story in the ages to come going forward. Yet they know one thing. Aslan has put them on this path. And while, as they say, he is not a tame lion, they know that he is good. And so... They, they screw up the courage. And the oft-repeated line is, we must seek the adventure that is put before us. And here's the thing, friends. We, here and now, are smack in the middle of the greatest adventure that has ever been told. A great adventure that spans all ages, all peoples, all nations. A great and glorious adventure as God unfolds his great and glorious plan of redemption. It's a sweeping adventure of great loss, of great struggle, of great heroism, of great sacrifice, of great glory. A great adventure that we have been called to, that we have been commanded to, that we are privileged to participate in. 
It's a great adventure that's playing out around us in both the visible and the invisible realms every moment of every day. And there is nothing, there is absolutely nothing that is routine or mundane about it. It calls us to new highs and great struggles as we abandon our former selves, this body of death. It calls us to great heroism. It calls us to great sacrifice as we seek for that which is lost and to make it found. And because just like those in, in the stories, in the Narnia stories, we, we, we are the great adventurers in God's story. We are to live up to that great cloud of witnesses that has come before us. Those examples in Scripture and those examples in the ages since. Uh, we're to be the Apostle Paul. We are to be Martin Luther, John Calvin, William Carey, Hudson Taylor, George Mueller, Amy Carmichael, David Livingston, Nate Saint, Elizabeth Elliot. Each of these. Each of these was an adventure across time in God's great adventure. Each had a different story. They had different locations, different activities, different struggles, different levels of response. And yet each had a lasting impact. Why? Because of what they had in common. They were 100% sold out to God and having their lives used for His glory to fully seeking the adventure that was put before them. Faith friends, faith family, we are called to no less. You know, I don't care. In fact, I would prefer if my name is never remembered here on earth. There is way too much temptation for self-glory in me to considering that. But what I do want to do is I want to be counted among the countless thousands whose names are not remembered, but who were also 100% sold out to God and fully gave their lives as a living sacrifice. For his glory. And yet, while I've taken the time here to name individuals, this is not a lone adventure. This great adventure, the great mission, this has been given to the church. It is in and through the church that these people, that these, that these servants went to various parts of the world to seek the adventure that was put before them. It's an adventure. It's a mission to accomplish a great purpose. And that great purpose is simply this, to bring glory to God. And the mission to fulfill this purpose is, is the Great Commission. Right? Go. Go make disciples that will worship, that will honor, and that will glorify God. Disciples that will spread the name and the fame and the glory of Jesus Christ to the world. Disciples that will fully embrace their new life in Christ. Disciples that will strive together to see the church grow and built in maturity, built in unity, and built in love. A body to bring glory to God by spreading his message of redemption to the world and to demonstrating its truth through their lives. See, it is in and through the church that this great purpose to bring glory to God is fulfilled through this great mission. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 21 tells us, To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. See, the church... The church is the instrument through which God has chosen to bring himself glory in this current age. Now, we, we hear some today. We hear some people today say that, you know, we don't need a church. We don't need to be part of a church. Or maybe the church isn't even necessary anymore. Friends, that's bunk. That's just pure bunk. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible does not support lone wolf Christianity. The Bible teaches that it is the church that has been established to fulfill the great purpose through this great mission. The church 
It is a body uniquely designed, uniquely called, uniquely assembled for this mission. It is a body like no other, right? The church, it's not a country club that exists for social gathering or for recreation. It's not a hobby group. It's not a collector's group. It's not a quilter's group that shares a common interest. The church is not a trade union. It's not a professional organization network. It's not a special interest group that exists to promote its own agenda or its own interests. The church is not a social aid or it's not a charity organization to do good for this cause or for that. The church is not a secret society that meets to share privileged information about the secrets of the universe. It is not a body that is constrained or defined by a building, by a location, by a country, or by a nationality. Rather, it is a body that is both global and local. All of which comprises this body can be found globally. All of which comprises this body can be found locally. It is a body with a common head, Jesus Christ. It is a body with members who are uniquely gifted and charged to intimately, to intimately work together in humility, in unity, and in love to fulfill its purpose. There is no other body like it in the world. Period. And we are invited. We are privileged. We are called. And we are commanded to be a part, a vital and active part of this body. Not just for our sake, although we gain beyond beyond merit or measure, but for the sake of the name of Jesus Christ. That is, that is its mission. That is the adventure we have been called to. It is both external and it is internal. It is an all-hands-on-deck mission. Now, for the last several weeks, our pastors, they've been going through a, a series on being a healthy church member. The goal of the series is to remind you, to encourage you, to be that vital, be that active member of Faith Baptist Church, striving in unity, striving in love, striving in humility, growing in maturity together, with each member fulfilling their role to bring glory to God. Members that fully embrace, that fully seek this adventure that you've been put on. Members who are on mission. This adventure, this mission, it's to be pervasive, right? It, it, it's the color and effect. Every thought, every action, every attitude of our lives, both individually and corporately as the body of Christ. It covers every aspect of the work of the church. It covers the work of the church locally. It covers the work of the church globally. And so today, that's the aspect I want to look at of being a healthy church member. The work of the church in global missions. This great partnership in the gospel. Now many of you, perhaps most of you, will never be called to leave your home area to go to some other portion of the world. Yet even so, as a vital and active member of Christ's church, the body of Christ, you are still a missionary to the world. You are a missionary through the partnership with those who have been sent forth to carry the work of the church around the world. So if you have your Bibles, with you, would you turn with me to the book of Philippians? We're only going to be here for a short period of time, but Philippians chapter 1. And follow along as I read verses 3 to 5. Philippians 1. <laughs> Three to five. I thank my God in all remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making making my prayer with joy, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Now that word partnership, that may tend us to lead us lead us to think of, of a business relationship. Perhaps your Bible has a, a ver- or your version of the Bible says fellowship there instead of partnership. 
and where we might think of just a friendship or being together long. But I'm going to tell you that the Greek word behind this word partnership carries a, a much more intense meaning than that. It really represents a close, two-way relationship. See, Paul's work as a missionary was not separate and distinct from the work of the church. And the work of the church was not separate and distinct from the work of Paul. This was not a business relationship that's being discussed here. Yes, they, they, they certainly shared a common purpose and a common mission. But it was so much more than that. There was a mutual, there was an intimate, there was a personal relationship between Paul and the church. A striving together, both here and there. It was lives that were deeply intertwined in a common Savior, in a common body, around a common purpose and a common mission. It is, as we might see in Acts chapter 20, Paul and the Ephesian elders weeping, leaning in our chair, praying together for what was soon to be a difficult parting. Friends, it's the type of partnership that we are still called to today. I like this saying, the mission of the church is missions... And the mission of missions is the church. The mission of the church is missions, and the mission of missions is the church. Now, I want to trace, spend a little time tracing this and breaking this down today. But I think we need to start by going back and rehearsing the Great Commission so we have that in our mind. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And then just a few, few, uh, couple books over, a few pages over, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, another version of the Great Commission, Jesus says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And so we have this understanding. The mission is given to the church and all who make up the church to spread the name, the fame, and the glory of Jesus Christ to the world, to make disciples, to build Christ's church. And then, just a few pages over, in Acts chapter 13, and chapter 13 and 14 of Acts is where we're going to spend most of the rest of our time here today. If you would turn there. Acts chapter 13, verses 1 to 3. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work for which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Now, I think for most of us, this is a very familiar passage, at least from a missions perspective. But I want to pull out, I want to note a few things here as we go along the way. First, it is in the context of the church that the Holy Spirit gave the command for Barnabas and Paul to be separated. That is to say, the Holy Spirit is leading the church to carry out the mission to go forward into the world and to build the church. Second, it is the church that sent. See, Barnabas and Saul, they just didn't decide that they had some secret mission from the Holy Spirit and and head off uh, willy-nilly. No, no. The commission came, and it was supported through the church. And third, and this is is more of a side note here, it was those who were already actively ministering in the church that were sent 
those that were already actively building the church at home, those who were active and vital members of the church. Don't expect a call to the mission field if you are not already an active and vital part of the ministry where you are right now. And so in line with Jesus' statement in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, where he said, I will build my church. We see that the Holy Spirit is leading, the Holy Spirit is empowering the church to accomplish its purpose to bring glory to God by spreading the name of Christ to the world and to build the church. The mission of the church is missions. Now, uh, turn, turn just a page over there to Acts chapter 14, if you would, with me. Acts chapter 14. Let's look at verses 19 to 23 here. Verses 19 to 23. But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. But when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city, and on the next day he went on with Barnabas to Derbe. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, <clears throat> encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. So what were Paul? What were Paul and Barnabas doing on their adventure? They were carrying out the Great Commission. In verse 21, they proclaimed the gospel. They evangelized. They made disciples of those who had responded to the gospel. In verse 22, they taught them. They encouraged them. They built them up. They were helping them to grow in their faith and grow in their maturity going forward. In verse 23, which I think is one of the keys here, they organized them. They organized them into local churches and ensured leadership over these churches to help keep that great mission moving forward. So what was the focus of their mission? The church. The building of Christ's church. The mission of missions is the church. Now I have to ask this question. So Paul and Barnabas are sent off. So what was the church at Antioch doing when Paul and Barnabas were away? They were building up the church. Now, we don't have that specifically stated here. I think the text in, in further chapters indicates that's the case. But they weren't, they weren't just sitting on their thumbs, were they? Oh, goodness. Oh, oh, Paul. Paul and Barnabas have left. Whatever shall we do? No, they were doing the same work that Paul and Barnabas were doing out there. They were doing it back at home. But now let's finish this up a little bit. When the initial mission was accomplished, what happened next? Let's pick up at verse 24 and read to 28. Then they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia. And when they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Italia. And from there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had fulfilled. And when they arrived, they gathered the church together. They declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. And they remained no little time with the disciples. That last verse is really just Bible speak to say they stayed a long time. What they do? They return to the church. They return to the church from, what they were, from which they had been sent to carry forth this mission to, to build the church. They return to report what God was already doing. It was a great time. 
a great time of edification, of encouragement, of building up of the church. Can you imagine? As Paul and Barnabas come back and they start to talk about some of the great trials that they had gone through, the struggles, Paul getting stoned and left for dead. And then he gets up and heads back into the city. He imagines, they told him, how, how the Holy Spirit had opened a way of salvation to the Gentiles and the joy there was in hearing that and how they were encouraged in their faith going forward. They stayed a while with them. Life together as a body. They still belong. They were still an active and a vital part of this church. They were partners in the gospel. The mission of the church is missions. And the mission of missions is the church. There is an intimate partnership in the gospel between the church and its missionaries, both near and far. The work is not distinct. It is the same work of the same body. And so as a healthy church member, what are some of the things that we should take away? How do we be an active and a vital part of world missions? Well, I think the first thing I think we need to see here is that the primary focus of the church is the building of the church, both here and there. It is the proclamation of the gospel, the spreading of the name and the fame and the glory of Jesus Christ to the world, to making the bodies, making bodies, building bodies, the making of disciples, and seeing that body built up in maturity. That is the mission that leads to fulfilling the great purpose of bringing God glory. And as we approach the work of the church at home and the work of the church abroad, we need to be sure that this is our, our primary focus. See, there's, there are many great and worthy uh, social needs out there. Things as believers that we are commanded to attend to, things that we must have a compassion for, but not at the compromise of our primary mission. Social aid without the gospel message only provides a temporal solution for an eternal problem. It's not on mission, and it really only helps people to comfortably enter hell. We don't neglect the social needs. We don't neglect the widow, the orphan, the hungry, or the hurting. But we should always do so with a view of sharing the gospel of Christ and building Christ's church as the body. Please, don't get distracted from our primary mission. Secondly, we need to see, we need to remember, we need to recognize that the missionaries that, that we have sent and or support, they are an active and vital part of this local church, even though we don't see them each week. And we are to be an active and vital part of their work as well going forward. See, their mission is a, is a very real part of the daily work of this church. It's not just an activity. It's not kind of some form of separate ministry. It is an integral part of the very mission and function of Faith Baptist Church. And so as a healthy church member, the support of missions out there requires the same focus and efforts as missions right here. This is the partnership. This is the fellowship in the gospel that Paul was referring to. This is what we just saw in this brief survey of Scripture. It's an intimate relationship of the church to its missionaries, both near and far. And so this is how we, individually and collectively, as the body of Christ, are missionaries to the world, even though we're not called to go outside our home area. As an active and vital part of our local church, we are an active and vital part of the world mission that our missionaries are carrying out. They don't go without us. Remember, they are sent from the local church. They don't stay on the field without us. We are an integral part of their prayer and their support. We are a key work to building the church wherever this missionary is sent. This is a great adventure. 
This is our great global adventure. This is the great adventure through all ages that we are privileged to be a part of. So, how? How do we do that? Let's look at some practical tips here. How do I be an active global missionary if I'm not called to the field? That is, how, how do I and how do we, as Faith Baptist Church, partner in the gospel with those that we've sent? First, and friends, this is the most important point. Be fully on mission right here at home. The church that is great at local missions can be great at global missions. But the church that is not great at local missions cannot be great at global missions. If there is not the passion to spread the name, fame, and glory of Jesus Christ right here in our homes and our communities and to make disciples that are committed to bring glory to God, then there will not be the passion or the resources to reach across the world to some people are not. Individually, collectively, like those people I described earlier, we must be 100% sold out and surrendered to God and working for His glory. As I stated earlier, this truly is an all-hands-on-deck mission. Be active. Be vital. You know, we, as I said earlier, we are part of a body like no other, on a mission like no other, for a purpose like no other. We must be active, vital, and a healthy church member right here at home, united in love, united in purpose, united in mission. Second thing, active, real, and specific prayer for the missionaries and for their work. I'm going to tell you, and from personal experience, there's way much more to pray for and much more detail in the prayer than you're reading in the latest prayer letter from your missionaries. Communicate with our missionaries. Let's be the church. Let's involve ourselves in their lives. Get to know them on a personal level and find out the specifics, the details of which to pray for. Pray and then follow up. And remember, they're a part of our church as well. We need to let them know what we need personally and what the church needs personally to pray for going forward. We need to involve them in our work here. I'm going to take a mini survey here, but I don't want to see any hands because I'm going to condemn myself in the process. How we have the missionaries supported by this church to you How many of you read the latest prayer How many know what's going on in the lives of their family, what's going on in the field, the struggles that they're having. When I started asking myself these questions, friends, I was ashamed. I know I can do better, and I suspect I'm not alone. But let me suggest to you, let me suggest to you, that to be successful on that point, we also need to be intimately involved in each other's lives right here at Faith sharing our burdens, praying diligently, and rejoicing together. You know, as Paul was addressing, talking about the body of Christ in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he said, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. The deep investment in those out there won't happen if it's not already happening here at home. You've already heard messages on this in the weeks in the past. Humility, unity, love. That's the biblical admonition to go forward. And it requires us to surrender 
It requires us to surrender this false American idol of fierce personal independence and individualism for us to truly be the interdependent member of the body of Christ, to truly be a healthy church member. And so let me ask a couple of questions again in line with that. How many know of the struggles and are praying for the struggles or or rejoicing in 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 the great successes and praises of the people in the row in front of you? How about the row behind you? Let me turn that around. How many people in this church know the struggle that you are personally going through right now and are praying diligently for them? How many know the great successes you've had and are praising with you for things that are going forward right now? If one member suffers together, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. This is the intimate type of body that Paul is talking about. This is the intimate type of body that is great at global missions because they're great at local missions. And so being missioned here at home, be an act of real and specific prayer for the missionaries and their work. And third, financial support. You know, to the vast majority of the missionaries out there, you and their other supporting churches will be their only means of financial support on the field and their ability to carry forth their work. And here's the thing, friends. Most missionaries on the field, they are short on their support to a significant degree. And there's many reasons for this, but one of the largest is that the giving in churches is down significantly. Churches today, I mentioned a few minutes ago, I've spoken in 139 churches. And in the vast majority of those, this is the case. They're struggling to meet even their basic budget needs right now. And that very quickly cascades in the missionary support going forward. I think faith is no exception to that. I'm not going to go into the details of that, but I would suggest if you've got questions on that, to talk to Pastor Jack or to talk to Lee Monday. But here's my recommendation to you. My recommendation is to give. Give to Christ's church, the local body that he has called you to be an active and a vital part of. Give generously. Give sacrificially. Give joyfully. Now, I want to be clear on something here. This is not a point on tithing. This is not a point on on faith promise missions. But this is a point on a heart that is 100% sold out to God and fully surrendered for his glory. So prayerfully. Prayerfully consider how the Lord would have you return a portion of what he has given you for his local and for his global use. And the final thing, physical support. The missionaries, you know, sometimes they need something other than just, just, just money. I like Paul's words here in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses, verse 13. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, also the books, and above all the parchments. You know, honestly, I think those are some of the words in the New Testament that most humanize Paul to me. Here's Paul, the super apostle that we look up to. And yet, he needed his cloak. He wanted his cloak because he knew that he would soon be cold. And he wanted his parchment and his resources and his supplies so that he could continue forward in his study going forward. Here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying throw care packages at your missionaries. That can be costly and oftentimes not a good form of stewardship. But find out what they truly need. And if you have the means, go. 
Go and take it to them. But if you go, go to be a blessing. Go to be an encouragement. Go to understand the culture and the situation in which they minister. And go and find out how to pray and support their work even greater. And you know what? There may be an opportunity. I know there will be in Cameroon. There will be an opportunity where they need your help on the field to accomplish something. Right? That could be short term. could be long term. But be, pre- be prepared how God may lead you to fulfill that need. All around us in the world right now, it is a growing population. There is a growing population of people that don't know the Lord or are walking away further and further from the Lord on a daily basis. And conversely to that, there is a dwindling population of those in Christianity who say, Here am I. Send me. We need more laborers on the field. Friends, the mission of the church is missions. And the mission of missions is the church. A healthy church is a church that is fulfilling its mission both at home and abroad. An intimate partnership in the gospel to fulfill the Great Commission. And a healthy church is made up of healthy church missions, healthy church members. Those who are 100% sold out to God and having their lives used for His glory. Friends, we are in the midst of the greatest adventure. The adventure that spans all ages, all nations, all peoples. We have been called to be an active and vital part of it. Let's not be distracted by the fluff of the world around us. Let's not trade our calling, our adventure, for the shiny things of the world. Borrowing from uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman, Let's not be playing Game Boy standing in the middle of the Grand Canyon or eating candy sitting at a gourmet feast or waiting in a puddle when we could be swimming in the ocean. Let's wake up and see His glory. Friends, fully seek the adventure that was put before you. Be a healthy church member. Be united in love. Be united in humility. Be active and fully using the gift that the Holy Spirit has given you for the growth and edification of this body and to spreading the name and the fame and the glory of Jesus Christ right here in London and around the world. I just want to leave you with this final thought. When you stand before Christ, how will your part in the greatest adventure lead? He's not a tame liner, but he is God. Heavenly Father, Lord, it has been good to be among brothers and sisters in Christ again this morning. To be able to come up and share my heart again with my brothers and sisters of faith. Lord, I pray as we go forward to France, even now, Lord, that we are part of this local body. Father, help us to be faithful and carry forth the, the mission that you have entrusted us with as a representative of this local body going forward. Lord, be with my friends here of faith as they continue to seek the adventure that has been given them right here. I pray, Lord, that they are 100% sold out to seeking your glory in every aspect of their lives and everything that they do. Father, let this partnership continue strong as we go forward to seek your glory. We love you. We thank you. We ask this in Jesus' name. to read Brian over your family Psalm 67 if you, if you still have your Bible out and you want to turn there with us 
Psalm 67, and I would like to pray this psalm over over the McPhail Falsies and ask for God's grace and blessing. Psalm 67 says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity, and you guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Let's pray together for the McPhail Fosters. Our God, we ask that you would be gracious to the McPhail Fosters. That you would bless them with so many blessings over these next coming years as they prepare to go to Cameroon. Make your face to shine on them. I know they must feel weary right now and tired, more than we could probably imagine. Father, make your face to shine on them. Show your beauty to them. Show your love and pour it out upon them and give them your strength. And we pray all of this, all of your blessings, that the purpose of this is that your name would be known on the earth, that your saving power would be known among all the nations, and so that the peoples in Cameroon will praise you that they will, they will worship Jesus Christ, bring many to him. We pray for those in Cameroon through their ministry that they would see that you are the God of the earth, that you judge the nations on the earth, and that they would come to you as the God and judge and find in you a Savior and a friend. Father, for Israel, your blessings were seen and giving them the increase of the land. We pray for your blessings to be seen in the ministry of Brian and Heather and Ian and Becca and Mustawa, that that your blessings would be seen in growing them spiritually. Give them growth in Christ. Let them feel your presence. Let them feel your grace at work in their lives. And as an outpour of that, bring people to faith in Jesus. And, and let them make disciples out of an outflow of their own discipleship of Jesus. God, bless them. Bless them in amazing ways. Use them for the sake of your glory and for the sake of your kingdom. And Father, for our church here, give us a constant commitment year by year to pray for them to support them with our finances, to support them with, with letters, to support them with as many different ways as we could think of, to let them know that we love them and we care about them. We are thankful for them, Father. Thank you for sending laborers into your harvest. Use them in a great way. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to have the McPhail policies right here in the front. Come and let them know that you love them and that you're going to pray for them. So... That's it. We'll see you soon.